0: Nuclear launch detected. At the end of World War II, an elite U.S. commando team was placed in cryogenic
1: suspension as an emergency contingency plan. The release of the
2: unsuspecting population prompted their revival. These four MMO experts,
3: modified by Super Science, have dedicated themselves to providing insightful, humorous commentary in the hopes of preventing future catastrophes of the age of Conan Magnet.
1: Magnet. If you're playing or making a crappy MMO, and if you can find them on iTunes, you can listen to the M Team. <laughs>
3: Greetings comrades, welcome to episode 121 of Channel Massive. After big change in episode 119, we have now conglomerated international super collective of folks to bring you even better quality show next level. My name is Petro and I am joined by Raj and Strange Man in German.
1: Please be hey. linked to the podcast that we will be bringing to you today from Hyderabad, India. where we started, where I will be editing it. I will be editing this podcast and performing many wondrous Miracles while simultaneously taking help test requests to my IBM contract that is all we did to run to my apartment.
0: You sound no. so good. I just swear every time. My name is Asakok. I for you.
3: <laughs> Thank you for joining me, gentlemen. Thank you. So You're welcome. When there is no Jason,
0: there is no Mark. And do I ever miss that Jason with his strong voice? It comes to the radio.
3: <laughs> For this episode, we tell you what games we play in Russia, India, and Switzerland, And we also tell you emails sent to Week, Mark, Noah, and Jason and give you new fresh perspective of new channel massive.
0: Thank you very much for
3: listening. We will yes. also get into weekend gaming. You will not get Blogos area but you will be happy about it. You will like what we have here instead. I do, every day. All the time. Comrades, are you ready to go? We are ready to back.
2: All right, time to get into the mailbag. So yeah. Sorry if we switched back to regular voices. And we're back. It's far too difficult for us, so it's uh, <laughs> it's not. It,
0: it's not too difficult for me. Yeah, this feels good.
2: Come <laughs> back to us uh,
1: So it's it's not actually an international supergroup, but it's it's uh, <laughs> Noah, and Eric, aka Blameful Gecko, and Mark.
2: Yeah, it's just me.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah.
2: Eric said he was bad at accents, but I think he's actually pretty good. At
1: yeah, his accents have character. Yes. Well, mine is just like a ever-shifting accent that goes from East Indian to uh, German to Russian to um, Scottish, Scottish, and then back. <laughs> this is good. I like the well-paced Russian accent that Noah affected though. Thank you. Especially because as you were speaking it, you started to become more and more rigid in your body language. I did. It's awesome. But, but yeah, we're here to bring you the mailbag. Yes.
2: We're going to start out with something related to the current event, the earthquake disaster recovery and reconstruction restoration issue in Haiti. I thought, I misread it.
1: I thought this was all an effort to make the Haitian character on Heroes more, um, you know, important and impressive in the storyline. Oh. Because it said it was a benefit for the Haitians. Oh, and, yeah. and, uh, and it's only $20. And I forgot that actually there was a really bad <laughs> earthquake.
2: Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so over at dri- rpg.drivethrustuff.com, you can make a $20 donation. And then in return, get $1,000 worth of downloadable RPG stuff.
1: <clears throat> and it is crazy. It's this like twenty dollar mega bundle, and my God, it is mega.
2: Now, is this traditional print paper RPGs?
1: Uh, yeah, that's it, kind of how I read it. Converted so. to PDFs, I believe. Yeah. yeah.
2: So it's a really sweet deal. Great cause, a great way for. If you if you haven't had a chance to to donate to Haiti to the Haitian relief effort, or if you're looking for something where you get a little bit back. DriveThruRPG, the largest RPG download store, is doing a really killer promotion. 20 bucks for $1,000 worth of PDFs of just tons, tons and tons of RPGs. And over at this place, for instance, some of the publishers include Mongoose Publishing and White Wolf. And White Wolf, as I recall, is behind the vampire games and the werewolf games that are freaking awesome. So if you're a fan of those and you want to help out Haiti, it's a double bonus. Thanks to Jim for finding this for us and sending it over to us. So that's why we dropped it into the mailbag section. Now to get into some more traditional emails, we have a new, fresh email from Allison, and she's not writing about Eve this time, which is surprising. She's actually done a little bit of wow wild, wild tourism herself, but not in the way that you traditionally think because she is big into Eve. Here's what she had to say. I freely admit that I did give WoW a second chance. I went out and bought the basic box, which comes with one free month. I figure I can get a better view through a real account instead of a trial. I've been playing that for about a week before getting slapped with a the permaban. The copy-paste reason why? Account action, closure, reason for action, in-game chat policy violation, advertisement and spamming. This account was closed because a character on the account repeatedly abused World of Warcraft's in-game chat system. This abuse includes advertising, third-party services slash websites, and repeatedly spamming in-game chat channels. Abuse of this nature pollutes chat channels shared by all players and harms the game environment as a whole. Allison continues, Whatever that means. Turns out I'm not the only one who's been banned for this reason. Several of my core mates who play WoW have also been banned. On multiple social forums, angry threads have been cropping up about while players wrongfully banned and for the exact same reason. One of my brother's accounts was also banned. I'm willing to bet you guys have already been inundated with emails of account bannings too. It would seem Blizzard is taking a shotgun approach to dealing with in-game spammers. Ban the spammer, ban everyone who was within earshot of the spammer, ban everyone who has affiliation with that player who was within earshot of the spammer, and ban the squirrel that lives in the spammer's front yard. Worst customer service in the history of online customer service. Allison. <clears throat> well, Allison, we... Eric, are you there? Yep, yep I'm okay. here. Feel free to jump in if you have any <laughs> feedback on this. Eric is remote from us, as you might have guessed, listeners. It's it's cool to hear that Allison gave WoW a try, and I remember her saying, I think just recently, that she was ignoring tons of people. That was the main thing she was doing in the social channel, was ignoring all these people that were annoying her and maybe for some reason, Blizzard ins- interpreted her ignore-fest as a spam, but it, that just doesn't make any sense. Have you ever heard of this stuff, Mark, where people are getting spammed for... or people are getting banned wrongfully over spamming?
1: Um, no. I... I you know, I've heard a lot of accusations that Blizzard is un, un, you know, unlawfully, but you know, um, going over overboard as far as getting rid of accounts and stuff but like for spam uh, I don't know this is kind of a new one so
4: yeah that stuff would definitely ruin my experience cause <sighs> I just just imagine the amount of work that you have to do even though if, if it's just an email to someone you're, you're cut out and you know it's not your fault but you have to do all of that work just to prove that you're not an ass <laughs> it's just a, it's a
1: It just blows my mind.
2: It really sucks that Allison she's actually trying something besides Eve. Yeah. Yeah. She got smacked down in a week.
1: In a week. (laughs) Considering how many people are like constantly trying to like cheat the system and you know, all the crap you hear in the trade channel and stuff like that, it's
2: like you know it's
0: just Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty
4: bullshit when you when you have to You know you didn't do anything wrong, but you're you're pretty much screwed now and you've gotta spend all this time. Like I just oh man, that's that would just be, Oh burn my britches. I couldn't imagine
1: if my WoW account got closed right now, like what that would do to me. Through all that time and effort, you know. You you grab. know? Oh my god.
2: Chris gonna oh. sent another email to move along. He, moving <laughs> along. Chris said, I think I heard slash wrote down Noah's League of Legends name wrong. C-O-Mark-M is what I wrote down, but it yeah, can't find it him. <laughs> I could listen and try to find again, game, but I figure if we're going to play a game together, I should, shouldn't be afraid to email for it. So for some reason, we have this in the show. <laughs> also, I wouldn't want to inflate the download statistics. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Chris, for the record, in case you're actually listening to the podcast still, <laughs> it's a Kendor, A-K-I-N-D-O-R, but I haven't been playing League of Legends. No, I played initially, and then he got busy. Oh, yeah. My I, apologies, but Mark has made up for my absence.
3: Tenfold.
1: I would hope so. I play a lot. So I am C-O-M-A-R-K-M, and uh, I usually play, I don't know, between 10 and 12.
2: Um, Mountain, Mountain.
1: Mountain Standard night. Time. Sometime during that window. Unless I've drank a few too many rum <laughs> and cokes, and then I could be up until 3. <laughs> but you don't want to team up with me You want to be play against me If that's the case My reflexes are as slow as molasses At that point
4: I'm also in the process of uh, Getting the game I'm in that pre-interest process Where I kind of look over screenshots
2: And go, hmm, oh, cool. <laughs> that'll be a fun game to play It's
1: free they, Yeah,
2: they just yeah. add a new champion um, Yeah, it seems like they add a new champion About every two or This one's weeks.
1: cool, you would like this one it's based on the, uh, it's based on King Leonidas from the 300, or General Leonidas. Oh, so right it's a on. big Spartan guy. Sweet. And actually the name of the race, it's like I, I got the, we get the propaganda from him. Yeah. The name of the race is an anagram for Spartan. Oh. They're like the Arspertons or something With like the that. The traps. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you have like the, the spear thing and you have this shield bash. You can do this thing where you jump up in the air and you like rain down death and destruction on your enemies and stuff. Oh, that's pretty cool. And, I need uh, to try it again. Yeah, it, it looks pretty, like, a cool champion, so. Yeah.
4: Those games always kind of scare me, though, because, I mean, overall, it's, it's skill-based. You can unlock, you know, perks, but really, it comes down to, you know, you have to know the game, you have to practice at it, and be pretty good. It, it's like, um, fighting games and stuff like that. I always worry that I'm going to get sucked into that, and then everything else is going to go out the window. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, the thing on that one is, if you ever played, um, Defense of the Ancients, or any of those types of games, the... You know, it's it's kinda like the riding a bicycle metaphor. It's like you don't you know, if you ever if you were ever good at that you'll be good at this. It just takes a little bit of a learning curve,
2: but they always match you up with people that have the same experience as far as the accounts are concerned. They may yeah. be really proficient proficient, but they won't match you up with people who are super expert and like, Come on and yeah. you can choose whether or not you're playing with people who are hardcore super serious or noobs.
1: Yeah, and now they've added in a new a new thing where you can play against bots so if you're self-conscious about your skills, you can you can have like two bots on your team and play against a team of three bots of different. Skill so that's level. cool. That's so nice. you can kind of practice, and then then when you feel confident, you can go for the real, the real deal.
4: Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to download it. <laughs> Finally,
1: this, this podcast is <laughs> sponsored by League of Legends <laughs> from Riot Games. Riot Games. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Last email from Salas. She writes, "I haven't commented on the site in a long time." But I'm still listening. Yay! With my new Droid phone, I find myself Droid. I find myself mostly listening, driving to and from, writing workshops, which isn't conducive for posting comments. I still love love the show, no matter the topic. OMG! That dance club hip hop intro Jason made, I smile this freaking big every time I hear it. Geeked up gaming guys sounding all G is very um sexy. Too bad you're all married. LOL. Keep the shows coming. Okay. Say Actually, you're in luck. Yeah. <laughs> Noah's not married. I'm not, not. Well, yeah, I'm the only one who's officially single. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, Eric's in a, in a relationship. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know if, if his Facebook status says it's complicated or not, Though that's <laughs> always a funny thing to see. But in a relationship, it's complicated. Or
4: And I, I'm i just going to tell you, though, Noah is urban as hell.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's
4: true. <clears throat> Yeah, full on G-force. Totally. That's right.
1: So he's got a wife beater on now. In fact, to show off <laughs> his tattoos and neck beard. So
4: I can't even look at him because his pimp cu- cup is like full of bling. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes his
1: big hat just gets in the way and comes in. <laughs> anyway, thanks for the comments, um, Sailor. That's awesome. We hope we hope you enjoy it. You'll probably never hear that um, dance club hip hop thing again. Oh
2: yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> Mark doesn't like it, and I freaking love it. And I have a copy of it. Actually, I do like it. I'm, I'm
1: just, I'm being like devil's advocating against myself. I think it's hilarious. It's,
2: one last souvenir of Jason. Yep. Before he vanished into the ether. Before, yes. He stepped into the mess. Happy trails. <laughs> Listeners, if you want to be in episode 122, where we will have potentially a, an exciting experience. What? Come on, no. <laughs> I don't want to say it. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to over-promise. I want to underpromise want to and and over-deliver for you. But you'll make our delivery even better if you send in an email to mail. M-A-I-L. At com. You can also leave comments on the blog post. Sometimes we put those into the show. Not as often
1: though. Yeah. Only if they're really good.
2: We really just like emails more than anything.
1: You can Twitter us or whatever the hell. Tweet <laughs> us. <laughs>
2: You can use that air Twitter thing and send us a twit.
1: I have a feeling our Facebook site thing will be revived a bit too, so if you're into Facebook, you can do stuff with
2: things. (laughs) We look forward to it, and next we're going to be getting into what we've been playing. Let's find out what we've been playing this last week. Have we been dutiful in fulfilling our game playing obligations, or have what? we been negligent,
1: criminally negligent?
2: <laughs> let's actually start with Eric, guest of honor. Gotcha.
4: Okay, oh. so I uh, I wrote down a list so I'd know. It's it's sorted by system and everything. It's pretty snazzy looking. Uh, let's see, PC, Fallen Earth. I've been trying to do some kind of 40 hour impression for you guys on the on the channel massive site and uh it's been pretty hard it's pretty much the worst thing that you could actually pick pick as your your first review ever um <laughs> it's it's a it's an unusual MMO I'm gonna say overall I respect the, the development team amazing like they they have fixed so much about that game just in my time playing it in the beta and playing it now it's pretty nuts um Star Trek Open beta. Um, yeah, it's it's it's
2: trekky. Um, <laughs> Does that mean you don't like it, or you, you don't, don't like it? Star Trek, or you don't like the game?
4: No, it's it's not. I love Star Trek. Okay, I'm a Picard man myself. Okay. Okay. Uh, I I I enjoy the game for what it is. I haven't put enough time into it to find out which class I really want to play as. Um, and I think to really get into the ship combat and find out what the difference between science, engineer, and everything, you have to get the specialized ship. So I don't have a science vessel. I'm wary to put enough time into it to get it because I'm not reading any of the quests. I don't know what's going on because I want to save it for when the game comes out.
1: Yeah, I'll speak to that later when it's my turn. Yeah,
4: and nice. um, I just... I, I don't know. I, I can't really say if I like it or not because I'm not playing it like I usually would play it. Um, let's see, Champions Online. I that's pretty much my main MMO. Absolutely love it. Officially, just to tell everyone, the creeping darkness, you know, um, part of Champions Online is officially in cryostasis. It's it's uh it's not coming huh. out of that anytime soon. So. But it's
1: not dead.
4: Yeah, it's not dead. It's if we ever. You know, consider if we ever convince Noah to play, not going to happen. That's a maybe, everybody. <laughs> um, that <laughs> sounded
1: weak and timid.
4: Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, if it might, you know, I mean, I, I have the, it still exists and everything like that, and I, I might just be using it for my own little playground, though. Um, but everyone move over to the Supergroup of Champions. Uh, I don't mean to plug another podcast, but the POChampions.com. They they're pretty much the best podcast for champions. They're hilarious, and uh, I joined their super group. And everybody just move over there, and they're running it, and it's going to be great. And you can have some fun. Um, and let's see, Jason, huh?
2: Which is
4: it? We're like awkward babies out of the womb when it comes to you know, <laughs> any kind of. Communication with each other.
0: <laughs> Here, try,
4: try to say something, Mark. Try to say something.
2: What you say? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs>
4: Continue. <laughs> it is fun. They're very nice people, and it's an active it's an active you know super group if you're looking for that in champions. Um.
1: For a dead (laughs) supergroup,
4: then join the join the creeping darkness. We are so listen. We are so like in the underworld mentality that we don't
1: exist. If you like to G tell and not get any G receives, (laughs) it's beautiful. <laughs> just get into this meditative site getting into it's hard though <laughs> they're actually recruiting her online. Well, I mean it's pretty
4: easy actually because I can just check the website don't have to log into the game at all and just you know accept your invites um, send you messages and I just okay next.
1: I thought they had to send a stamp self-addressed envelope
4: to the <laughs> P.O. box. for the Social thing. security number and credit card information, please. <laughs> is that
2: everything? No,
4: I'm, I'm halfway through the list. I'm a dumbass. Um, okay, so Grand Theft Auto 4 is what Jason got me for Christmas, and, and that is a great drunk game. Uh, I usually, you know, over the Christmas break, I, or the holiday break, whatever you want to call it, um, I would drink a little bit too much to be able to play an MMO. I just couldn't concentrate. And being able to hop into a car and just listen to music—you <laughs> can't do it while you're really drunk. So it felt really good.
1: Uh, yeah, that's, you could simulate drunk driving.
2: Yeah, it was great
1: without the consequences of real drunk driving. Until yeah.
2: you can figure out which is the video game Wait, and which is real. The game?
1: Should I get out and beat up a prostitute? <laughs> like that kid on the YouTube video that's all high on nitrous oxide, where he's like. Is this going to last forever? <laughs> <laughs> is this really
2: real? Is this really real?
4: <laughs> okay, so I'll be quicker with these, I guess. Wii, yeah, on the Wii, not. right? I got Silent Hill, Shattered Memories. Great game. Fantastic. It's just all around just great. Uh, I Man, it's it's the Silent Hill I always wanted because there's, there's no combat. You don't fight. Um, Silent Hill games, over time, have gotten more and more... Well, you, you kinda become more badass. Um, you know, you can you pretty much get some guns and you shoot stuff and, and the first Silent Hill was all about limiting you and making you feel vulnerable and this allows that because you can't fight. You only have you only can run when it when it becomes to these demons that you're fighting. Let's see. And then the droid that was mentioned in, you know, the mail, um, I've been playing around with that thing trying to see what kind of gaming opportunities are on it. So I've been playing a game called Cestos, which is um, a weird kind of multiplayer marbles that you want to be the the last the last player to have the last marble on the like it, it's like an, a little table, right? And my girlfriend on, on lunch break, she'll call me, and we'll just play online, and I'll just I'll be like saying little dirty things to distract her, and she'll be like,
3: ooh,
4: <laughs> it's hot. Yeah, about the balls. It's like, oh, I'm going to swallow yours. Um,
1: okay, yep.
4: <laughs> oh.
1: That's when we got the triple X rate.
4: Oh, crap. Um, okay, and then the last one is called Zombies Run. I don't know if I mentioned this, but uh, it's um, it's a GPS location-based game on, on the droid where um, you you put in your destination and you try to get there you can either do it in a car or by walking as soon as you pick your destination zombies spawn on Go- the Google map screen and as you're walking you have to um pretty much get to your destination without getting your brains eaten
2: how do you just like by physically dodging yeah, uh-huh.
4: yeah, they come at you. You can choose the speed. You can choose like Night of Living Dead zombies, Resident Evil zombies, or Twenty Eight Days Later zombies, and they just get progressively faster. And there we'll too. just drive around places, and you know, at stoplights they'll come at you, and we'll have to like hurry. And it's nice because you end up going like down the streets you never thought you would just to get away from fake zombies. That's really cool. It's like
1: augmented reality, right there. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Crazy. That's another question. Is this the video game or is this real driving? I, mean, I don't know. Me. But I'm sorry, officer. I was trying to outrun the
1: zombies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you look like a zombie, officer. Let me hit you with my stick. Oops. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is that the end of your... Oh, yeah, that's it. The
1: litany ends. <laughs>
2: okay. Since I know Mark hates going any place but last.
1: I always come last. <laughs> next do
2: you want. No, no. No, I'll no, go. oh, I'll go, next. No, no.
1: I'll go next, my God. Because mine's quick. Uh, i played um, League of Legends, of course, the PC game. I was um, playing some Star Trek Online, and much like you, Eric, I got to the point where I was like, I don't want to ruin the real experience, so I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait it out. I've seen enough of it to like the game. I had already pre-ordered it and everything.
2: I did but did the, you get the lifetime subscription?
1: I'm not doing the lifetime subscription because I, I. But there I did, could
2: be another cryptic game. You could get a beta access. to it. <laughs> I know but, <laughs> unnamed cryptic. But the M- lifetime
1: row. subscription is well. We'll get into the we'll get into that later. But it's pretty pricey. Um, I I did enjoy. I really am enjoying it, and I will be playing it. But I just don't know if I'll be playing it for the rest of my life.
2: You know. <laughs> Unlike Champions Online.
1: <laughs> Unlike Champions Online. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just don't want to ruin the... Yeah. I don't want to ruin the missions. I, I just I, I want to play the... When it really releases, I want to have that whole experience, read the quest. And, Does this you know. mean that you're no
2: longer interested in open betas?
1: No, it's just this one. I I love open betas because I like to you know see what the game's about. And if, if it's one that I really find to be compelling and and... Something that I could see myself playing a commercial release for. I, I, and this is really the first time it's happened to be honest with you. Um, I, I just don't wanna, I don't wanna cheapen the experience. So I'm just letting my my open beta just kind of sit there and rest, I guess, until the, the pre-release uh, stuff starts to fire up. Um, but yeah, and then I got, uh, for my iPhone, I got a, uh, League of Legends tower defense game that's kind of fun to play. I'm
2: so. jealous of you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not jealous enough to get an iPhone.
1: Oh. Or a that's, droid. That's okay. Um, and... Zombies, man,
2: t- zombies! Seems like I played... That some- is pretty cool.
1: I played, um, some Plants vs. Zombies.
2: Really? Yeah. How far did you get?
1: Not very far. I just, every time I play it, I just start to crave a real tower defense game. So you I,
2: have to get past the opening levels.
1: I know. I mean, like when you do get it. to like level 3? Well, probably beyond that. I, I, can't I mean, Do you get
2: a change of the scenery? Do you go from the front yard to another area?
1: Yes, I had just changed scenery and that's when I quit. Oh, to the pool. Yeah, but I stopped. I, that's when I stopped. So, um, That's been it for me. So, cool. What have you been doing, Noah?
2: Okay, let's see. Uh, I'm going to start with the, the least well, no, actually they're all pretty cool. So, okay, the least impressive thing is I I looked at my gamer score. We just talked about achievements and stuff over on Dojo Show Go my other my, my Nintendo podcast a few weeks ago, and I was looking at my Xbox gamer score. After I talked about how I'm not compulsively addicted to achievements and that, I said I have all these cool Xbox Live Arcade games that I've played and I figured I should have more achievements on life for them. So, I played I went back to Boom Boom Rocket, which is really cool. That is a cool game. I love classical music and hear the disco and electronic versions of them. It's it's really cool, and it's got some pretty good graphics for what it is. I played that, I played some Poker Smash. Poker Smash is really hard to get achievements in, and I just kind of wasted my time. The game that has really dominated my time, but finally I've been able to put it to bed, is Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks and DS. I could have finished it two and a half weeks ago. I didn't. Because I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this side quest and I'll do this side quest and this side quest and oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to customize my train and I'm going to do this. Blah, blah. And then, I, as I, I said on Dojo Shogo, I kind of accidentally finished the game. Oh, cried. Because I just decided, I'm like, I, I think I'm just going to make it end tonight. <laughs> <Make> it end. <laughs> that's what's cool about a video game that becomes addictive that has an end, that's not an MMO, is that right. when you're ready to put it away, at least for me, I can't. It's like... For me, it's like a cigarette, but it's like my cigarettes are video games, and in this case, I was able to quit cold turkey because it finished it. That's cool. But it was a really great boss fight and really cool ending. One of the best ones for Zelda in a long time. And Great music, great game, highly recommend it. If you don't have any of DS, you owe it to yourself to get it. Blah, blah, blah. Was it, I as, also,
4: was it as good as figuring out that the whole game was really just the dream of a whale?
3: Yeah, definitely way
2: better than that crap. <laughs> Friends 2. That's another Zelda indie. Oh. Yeah. I don't I, want to get too was, specific in case I, was, I spoil it for something. I'm never a Zelda guy. <laughs> I never have been either, but the ones on the DS, they're smaller and they're more focused, and they're a lot better. The ones that are on consoles, they just seem to go on forever, and I get bored of them.
1: Yeah. I heard about a DS game today, which I cannot for life me remember. All I remember was I was like, Man, I need a DS so I can play that.
2: Now I can There are tons of great games. I can't remember what the hell it was, but. Ah. Oh. I'll just steal my wife's. You should. That's what Jason does. Yeah. Where's your work? <laughs> Maybe I'll steal his wife's. Better. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of Jason, we got together last night to play Let Four Dead 2, and we played for a few hours. It was really, really fun. It's great to... Get a chance to still do stuff with Jason since I've You I have have to carry him. him through the whole game. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I had to save his ass a couple of times. He fell outside the buildings, and I had to go and rescue him, pull him back up. Quite similar. But he kept saying he's like, I suck, I totally suck, but he wasn't doing bad. Oh, that's but for crazy. someone who's never played it at all before, until now, I think he's doing really good.
1: I didn't. I didn't play Left 4 Dead too, but I watched Zombie Land, so I think I. Oh, did that's some an credit. awesome
2: movie. Oh, no. Love that movie. you seen that, Eric? No, nah, I, I missed out on, on uh, Zombieland. So you have to see it, man. So I was at this
1: movie, and they were running the credits, or they were running the previews for, for new new movies, and there's some movie coming out. I forget the name, but it's got, like, angels with machine guns. and it's Legion. Called, oh, Legion, yeah. serious. And stupid. And retarded. And, <laughs> and, uh, and my wife and I were watching that preview, and, and you could tell we were both just like, what the fuck? We, like, turned to each other with this, like, quizzical look on our face, like, is this a joke? And we were like, oh my god, it's serious. It's it's serious. Like angels with machine guns with black wings. That's that's how we made our movie, you know? Yeah. And then right after that the Zombieland trailer came on. And that was like we were like, no that is cool <laughs> So anyway. So yeah. did you both get
4: to see it? Yeah. Okay. We loved it. Yeah Cardio. I'm a, I'm I'm gonna tell you, I'm okay with uh, rip-offs of Gully, but I draw the line at Angelic Terminator.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be back as soon as I visit with God (laughs) and figure out if my mission here on Earth is essential.
2: It's like terrible. Yeah. So, my time with Jason was really good. We got through two campaigns. They were a lot easier than the first two for some reason. We didn't need human assistance. We were able to get through it. I actually picked up a Grenade launcher early on in the game, in the second level of a five level campaign. I'm like, oh my gosh, a grenade launcher? I'm keeping this baby. Because <laughs> it came with like 22 grenades or so. Wow. And it kind of stinks because once you pick that up, if you're not going to drop it, you have to carry it the whole time and use it sparingly because you can't refill it with ammo.
1: Whoa.
2: But I tell you what, once we got to this plantation that we had to defend and the super gigantic tank zombies are coming, I'd one shot those babies. <laughs> and awesome. we got through. We all got on the boat. This time Jason actually survived and was rescued both times versus being left dying on the ground while I waved to him from the helicopter. Was it you two alone and, or you two
1: with like two more random players or
2: in the plantation one, the girl who joined us in the mall campaign that we did last week and failed until she joined us and then she helped us win and then she died. Oh we we escaped. <laughs> exactly the way you worked the country. <laughs> it was so funny, I don't know how she died, but she did. And and it was, we wouldn't have finished it without her, but I sent her a friend request after that. <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> and since we were playing a friend's only game, she just jumped into the, like a level for the plantation defense thing. And she helped us finish it right after she was done. And she lived, she got into the boat last, but she lived. Oh wow. Uh, she quit the dashboard and watched the video or something. It was really cool. Huh, awesome. Jason said, I think we should do this on a weekly basis. And I'm like, here, here. So maybe next week oh, we'll cool. play as zombies and kill humans. That'll be pretty fun. Oh, awesome. Because that's a cool versus movie. Last but not least, I apologize for all these tangents. I'm going to talk about an MMO, Star Trek Online. I did get my chance, finally, on Friday. I really like it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I forgot about Betazoid. Well, I forgot what a Betazoid was. I'm oh. like, oh, it's Troy. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. It's totally what I want to play. So I made this Betazoid, and I was really digging all the custom character creation stuff, because... You can do just the silliest things, such as hand width and thickness, and finger length, and that you could change both the colors of the whites of your eyes and the irises of your eyes. And that was something kind of funny, is that they said the betazoids are supposed to have solid black irises, but mine totally—you can't change that. He had blue eyes, so that was a a strange detail. Freak, but I was trying to—I chose the empathetic stance. That's another thing that I love about champions in Star Trek is you can choose a stance that your character has while while they're walking around and just standing around. And I thought, I put him in the thoughtful one, but he put his hands behind his back and I'm like, hand thickness? What the hell does that do? (laughs) And so I changed him to this swagger type stance or something so that I could see his hands. And then I'm like, okay, this is dumb. I don't want to change the thickness of his hands. And, but then I got sidetracked and I kept customizing them and then I'm like, okay, create.
1: Oh, so he's a swagger stance? <laughs> yeah,
2: I, so I have this like <laughs> he's <a thuggish> swagger <laughs> bitch he who's so like, yeah, I can read your thoughts, what about it? I can tell <laughs> what type of emotions you got. I can totally read your you ain't gonna scare me. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: Dude, you have to keep that for the, real, for the release. That and is I gave like him like a
2: douchebag hol- faux hawk. That straight. is the most <laughs> hilarious
1: combination, like the empathetic... Empath- yeah, he's an empath, but he's... Like cocky about it. Like, yeah, it's yeah, Brad. Right. I'm reading your mind, bitch. I
2: know you. I know you fear me. Go ahead. You know you, in your head. I'm in your head too. You better be scared. So yeah, I played that, and it's still kind of glitchy because when I finally got to, I, I picked my, I, I picked tactical as my class because I want to shoot things. You're tactical. Yeah, and so I picked an engineer as my sidekick my first crew member, and then I went to get into my ship, which I was really excited about. I named my ship the USS Whee! Whee! <laughs> <laughs> W-H-E-E. And it's so funny because these very serious Starfleet officers talking about when you get onto the USS Whee! I <laughs> <laughs> want to make sure that you look for this. Dude, I oh, that great. It's awesome. But when I warped into it, okay, it changed to the space yep. area, and there's my little character standing in space. The human, the Betasoid. It didn't do the <laughs> and then, like, a, a ship warped in behind him, and I hit the... I'm like, print screen, print screen, i oh got it. <laughs> did you get it? am not sure if I did or not, because be So, so there's a look.
1: screenshots folder under the main directory. You've got to find that. I hope learned. I did. let see your swaggering guy
2: in space. Yeah, he's just standing there. He's like, you just stand there. I'm like, there's these other player ships that are that have warped in behind him, because they've just entered with everything. Most here. emergency <laughs> captains were able to take their starship out of the dock. Noah, however, was
1: jettisoned in space. <laughs> You go, you go, you
2: arrogant... I ain't got no problem with space. <laughs> <laughs> I can you beat you s- thoughts. I'm in space. <laughs> yeah. Check this out. I'm tactical. But, but it's perfect. so much fun flying the ships around. I really yeah. like that. I love the whole dual mouse button control where you hold down both of those oh, to the yeah. ship. Yeah. It's, really, uh, it's just cool. It's intuitive. Did you get into some combat yet? Well, that's the funny thing is I was just playing along, playing along, and I'm not sure if this is a game misnomer or something, Or them trying to be Star Trek and misusing the terms. They're like, the holodeck is about to shut down in ten minutes. I'm like, what the hell is the holodeck? I'm not on the holodeck. Oh. And I think that's their terminology for, like, we're shutting the servers down because the game shut down in ten minutes. Bummer.
4: Yeah, I think think they, I I don't know where I saw it, but I think the, right now the server is called the holodeck. I don't know if that's going to be the live server. Oh. But I know it's the, I think it's
2: the beta server at least. Okay, well that makes sense. The one thing I don't like about the presentation is everything is really tricky and I and I like it, but the music, uh, maybe you can tell me this, Mark, because you've maybe got a better than me, but it sounds like it's not symphonic, and it...
1: You know, I've had it kind of turned down. As oh, because they, of the babies? Yeah, but, um, well, it's just well, it one baby, like it's, but it feels it, like we have 12,
2: but I'm planning <laughs> on cranking it up now, and... Uh, well, it's like, I thought surely they would get a real symphony to play, but... Maybe yeah. I'm wrong, maybe it is real, but it doesn't sound like... I had heard a rumor place.
1: that the guy that did the, the Star Trek reboot was doing the soundtrack for it, but
2: I... And that's what gets me, is that's what surprises me, because it sounds just like Champions. Yeah. It sounds just like
1: Freaking so City of Heroes. So right? either either they don't have that yet, or they're not doing Well, that. even the
2: quality of the but composition, it doesn't sound like... It starts out, the opening theme starts out sounding like Star Trek, but then it devolves into, like, I feel like I'm playing Champions.
1: Well, I know, too, that... Um, as far as voiceovers, they've got both Spocks.
2: Yeah. Wow.
1: Leonard Nimoy and um, Zachary Quinto. That's cool.
4: Yes. So Siler Zachary yeah. Quinto is the uh, yeah. is the um, what is he, the holodeck doctor when you first start the tutorial. Oh really? Yeah. Well that's
2: cool. I, I didn't realize that when I was talking to him. Yeah. That's pretty cool.
4: And have you heard have you heard Leonard
2: Nimoy, Mark?
1: I, like I said, I've had the sound cranked down, mm-hmm. so I, if, if I did, I didn't realize
2: so well, this is not a soundtrack. I just think, regardless of whether they use synthesizers or not, it, it doesn't sound like Star Trek music.
1: Yeah. It sounds like that. Champions I hope they either. get the symphonic stuff from the... I, I don't know. Well, I don't, don't get, know. get me wrong.
2: You hear French horns, and you hear... Whoa, 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 and It's ree- just not ree- that violent. level, right? But, yeah, just it sounds like a project that was made is too that, close after is Champions, is, is like the, yeah, like Champions. Is it
1: like... As cheesy to the Star Trek theme music as Warhammer's soundtrack is to Warcraft, World of Warcraft's music, which is to say, a whole different level. Oh, oh,
2: it's not that bad.
1: Okay, <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> I mean, Age
1: of Conan, or compared to Age of Conan's soundtrack, which is just awesome. Oh
2: gosh, yeah, the Age of Conan and Warcraft hands down have the, yeah. the best soundtracks, and it's—I won't say that it's bad music. It just doesn't sound like Star Trek music, right? And to me, the the soundtrack, the music of, sound, of Star Trek is such an integral part of the whole package.
1: Yeah. No, I hear you. I hope they get that right.
2: But, okay, this super long half hour while we're playing segment is <laughs> Well, <laughs> shall we recap what we've been playing? Yes. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> uh, let's, let's move
1: on.
0: Went to a party. I danced all night. I drank sixteen beers.
1: And started up a fight. But now I'm jaded. You're out of luck.
0: I'm rolling down the stairs, too drunk to fuck.
1: So, Jason, what do we have in MMO news this, uh, oh, hey, uh, hey, Noah, <laughs> hey. <laughs> what, what do we, what, what's going on in MMO news this week?
2: Well, the big splashy news happened in the last 24 hours of our recording session. By the way, listeners, if you're wondering what I mean by that latter statement, it is Thursday for us right now, January 21st. 2002. Yeah. <laughs> So it turns out when Bethesda started to get into its, yeah, Bethesda, yeah, ZeniMax, whatever you want to call them, got into its hissy fit lawsuit with Interplay Interplay over the Fallout MMO, Bethesda for some reason had to state or include in its core documents what it's doing with this mysterious Bethesda Online or ZeniMax Online company that it created a couple of years ago. I think back in 2006 is when it was created, and they started working on a project in 2007. Very, very, very hush-hush. And I think since is trying to reacquire the rights to the Fallout MMO, to make its own Fallout MMO, the court would want to know, well, are you actually already doing that right now, even though you don't have the rights to it? And according to the court documents, they are working on an MMO, but it is not Fallout. It is dun, dun, dun. Elder Scrolls. It's Elder Scrolls
1: MMO. O-M-G. Z- and,
2: z- yeah, the, the Ring is <laughs> a first-person RPG that is full of minutiae and incredibly boring, from my opinion, but a lot of people really, really like it. It's no Zelda, no one. That's right. It just goes on and on and on <laughs> and on. And if you want to really lose yourself in a world in a single-player single game, that's the way to do it. And those games are certainly big enough to support an MMO. I can only imagine the scope. That an Elder Scrolls MMO would have. Yeah, after Oblivion,
1: where you were just like, "Wow, I could play this for the rest of my life." Like, and you also saw
2: shades move? of that with Fallout Three. Yeah, that was a massive game as well.
1: Yeah. So bolstered by big DLC. Yeah, you know, ad- yeah, they,
2: they just—it's amazing the amount of content they crank out. Because I don't know how big of a team they're, but I know they're—they may not necessarily be EA or Ubisoft size. Man,
1: they're serious.
2: <laughs> they are. They are. And they've been really hush-hush about it for competitive reasons, like, oh, no, someone else might find out that we're making yet another fantasy MMO. Oh, no, everybody get worried. I don't think that's necessarily that big of a deal, (laughs) frankly. But they apparently got freaked out about it and told the court to seal those papers and they want to refile the papers without any mention of what game they're working on for confidentiality reasons. But it's too late. Because it is too late. Filed. And that new version of the papers will be available in late March. If you want to read the redacted <laughs> <Yeah>. form. <laughs> but the damage is already yeah. done. <laughs> and it makes sense, and it's good to know that they weren't being so passive-aggressive or competitive that they were making in the Fallout MMO yeah. on their own. That they're sticking with it would it, be weird if they were trying to make a brand new IP when they have something like Elder Scrolls to work with for totally. an MMO. Does the world need another fantasy MMO? Hell no. But hey, you know, it's with us and everybody loves them, loves their world. So, could Even be though pretty though good? That character names are surely randomly created. <laughs> I, I would you Are there any other major MMOs? I know you guys know this better than I would that are played from a first first person perspective that's not planet fantasy analogs. Like a FPS shooter type? No, is there any fantasy MMOs that are played from first-person perspective? I, mean, uh, I know you can adjust I the mean, camera so it's like that, but...
1: Like, just the default view is that way? Yeah.
2: Darkfall. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and the screenshots. I've never played it, but the screenshots... That's right.
2: Cool. It's interesting yeah, if they would make theirs first-person or not.
1: Yeah, it would be interesting.
2: It'd be traditional. I would bet...
1: Well, you kind of need to be able to zoom back... A lot for turning counters like and tacks.
2: Yeah. Whereas
1: in a traditional FPS with a built around a, a storyline, it's not quite so important. Yeah. But I
2: don't know. And speaking,
4: well, of- I mean, in Darkfall, they any of the melee stuff, they purposely put you lock you in first person so when you're doing melee, specifically so if you're not watching what's behind you, someone will sneak up on you as like you're looting a corpse or fighting a monster and it will gank your ass. And, it's, and they specifically lock you in that for that reason.
2: Huh. Sons of bitches. That makes sense. It definitely makes it more <laughs> skill-based. Yeah. Probably would frustrate me quicker. Yeah. But that happens naturally in FPSs anyways. Yeah. Somebody snipes you that's, from out of nowhere. That's just normal. <laughs> yeah. And while on the topic of, well, not necessarily long-lost IPs, for IPs that you might not have thought about in a while. Hellgate is coming back.
1: Oh my god, no! And it's going to reopen. Oh yes. In 2010, that's two years until the apocalypse.
2: Mark, you have the collector's edition, right?
1: I do. Of Hellgate London. And I will like sit zilch from that. Really? I want to buy into the new one. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going you know. to Um... So we know, we we knew, knew that we had reported that um, Handbitsoft was going to hire them, and um, it looks like they did that. Um, they're they're talking about a revamped version of Hellgate London, now called Hellgate Resurrection, which seems appropriate. But um, it's going to launch in uh, China, Taiwan, and Southeast Asia later this year with a relaunch in North America, Europe, and Japan to follow thereafter. Uh, you know, I
2: I just... It's I, now got kind of a free-to-play model.
1: Yeah, of course. It needs it. Just, yeah. Definitely.
4: In Asia. I, yeah, that's, that's what they should have came out with first place.
1: Some of the wisdom that was represented in the comments was just epic. It's like, well, the game was boring and not that great in the beginning, so... It doesn't sound like they're doing much to it except, like you know, nationalizing it or whatever. So, yeah, probably not going to be that much greater now, except free to play. You know, I don't know. I can't see them like just overcoming the the faults with it. And and even if that does,
4: I just want you to. I just want you to know that I. Oops, sorry. That you what? I just wanted to let you know that. When I was on the show last time, you guys were talking about this coming back, that one game, you know. And I said, You know what that means? Elgate coming back. Who was right? I just I'm just saying. It is th- next thing to Bula Ross,
2: it's a free to play, it's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> if only we can be so lucky.
1: Yeah. No doubt. Cross
2: your fingers, everybody. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Let's talk about World of Warcraft. Now, Mark, you would probably understand this better than me. Eric, I don't know. Are you, Eric, are you a big World of Warcraft player? Um,
4: I got issues with it, I guess. I mean, I'm really happy for its success and everything. I'm not going to talk bad about it. I played it, you know, a lot of people say it was so much better back in the wild days. I'm not going to say that, right? Just so that... Where WoW is for right now, it's not what I, it's not. What I fell in love with when I first game and got addicted to it like hardcore. I loved exploring and slowly leveling, and now it seems like the philosophy is ever. The, I mean, it's a good thing they're allowing more people to get in content, but that's not what I played it for.
2: Um,
4: you know, I'm happy for it, I guess.
2: Okay, I just wanted to give myself and some listeners some background on your experience with the game. I only got to like a level 26 or 27, I and mean. then. Conan came out and I played that instead. And My passport has been stamped many times since in my tourism. Of <laughs> but the armory to, is now going to get time-stamped. So what is exa- what exactly does that mean for players, Mark?
1: Well, it sounds like what it means is that your, your play sessions will actually be recorded by the armory. So if, say... Um I don't know, you were playing your character and you, you got on at three A. M. and played till seven A. M. or something like that. And then hypothetically speaking, you told your spouse that you were up taking care of the kids or something like that. But actually you were playing WoW and that, that explained why you slept all day Sunday but then your wife was savvy and got on the armory and, and found out that you're actually playing WoW instead of what you'd sworn you were doing, <laughs> then your nap might be interrupted with, like, a brutal punch to the face or something like that. I mean, that's kind of the main thing. It's a kind of just a... It's a privacy issue, sort of. It's like, wow, my game sessions are going to be tracked with timestamps, you know, by the armory. I mean, it's just kind of kind of freaky. It's like, do you really need that? I mean, when the Armory started, it was like five days out of date at best at any time on where your character level levels were, and it didn't record any of this stuff, so... Just a bit of a privacy concern. It'll also supply that information via you know the Armory page and RSS feed, which is kind of interesting. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but...
2: I think it's good for a game that's got so much so many OCD players?
1: Yeah. Oh, if you're OCD?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Pretty
1: impressive.
4: I, I can see where people would have an issue with it. I mean, I... <laughs> I specifically do not link my, like, gaming accounts and Raptor and everything with Facebook because my girlfriend is all over Facebook. And, <laughs> and I don't want her know the day that I have to that I have two people and stuff, I'm really getting a couple levels in Champions. So I can see where that's an issue, but I mean, if I really want to have, like, a, uh, you know, I guess a timeline of my character, that's, it's, it's a great way of doing that, you know, I, I can now, with all these achievements and stuff that they have, exactly when I got it and, and, and when, I guess there has to be some kind of opt-out feature if they're going to complain enough, but uh, the, I, when, I, when I was reading this I was kind of thinking that I mean only some, something like WoW could do this with minimal uh, people freaking out I mean they can freak out about the, like the privacy issue all they want but they're still going to play the game and WoW can throw out this feature like this without the opt-in feature uh, without losing you know I mean with a smaller game they, they might have this and people are just like I just can't
3: do this it's gone
4: <laughs> right. so it's it's, it's it's pretty neat to be able to, to see how big WoW is. They can just throw crap out like this.
1: Yeah, the Armory's come, kind of, in the last two years, gone from just a, like, nascent little idea to this just massive, you know, chronicle of your character to the point where you get a 3D, they are adding a 3D model now that you can rotate around and look cool. at your character and stuff.
2: I think it's great.
1: Which is kind of cool, so...
2: So, who
1: here has downloaded, or who here is signing up for the Star Trek Lifetime subscription?
2: <laughs> well, I think the two people who have Lifetime subscriptions to other games should be right up there.
4: Hmm. Yeah, that's the shitty thing. Like, I can't afford it right now. I'm, like, like moving into a new place and everything. But if, if I can't get it, I'm going to be lopsided on my subscriptions to Cryptic.
2: <laughs> and that's hey, just going to feel weird. I think Cryptic should just go the Sony station route and just... If they're going to be releasing two MMOs within six months of each other, you should be able to have a Universal subscription. That's just me. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be really, really good. Love that, actually. Now, this the, the, speaking of Champions and Star Trek Online's new Lifetime su- subscription, there are some subtle differences to how cryptic is handling this yeah and incentivizing it incentivizing it first of all they don't plan on running out of copies
1: (laughs) lesson right yeah when the community was like ah.
2: instead they'll say even after launch you can continue to buy lifetime subscriptions but at a markup on a price that's already pretty damn high so the the,
1: if you buy it now the lifetime subscription is 249 dollars but if you wait till after lunch, it's $300. Well, 299 which is a significant savings from $300. That's
2: as much as like a PlayStation 3 or a 360. Yeah. Yeah,
4: and this is, this is reported by IGN. And this is the only confusing thing is I don't know if it's their wording or not, but I'm really curious in finding out if they're doing it like Lotro does it, which they, you know... For the longest time, they had the lifetime available at this marked-up high rate. And uh, I know occasionally it would go down to 199 or something like that, and you'd be able to grab it. Uh, I'm wondering if, you know, unlike Champions Online, if they're going to think that this is going to be popular enough that they can have a consistent lifetime subscription available.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder. I really wonder... I guess it's. I'm sorry. It was 239 for a lifetime right now. I apologize. I was way off with 249. Um,
2: Significant markup.
1: <laughs> benefits of such a thing is, are a lifetime lifetime access to Star Trek Online. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a playable Borg, a liberated Borg, could be your character. So you could be seven of nine, but not quite as hot.
4: You
1: mm-hmm. can have two additional character slots, which. Frankly, I don't see that as a big as big of a feature as it is for Champions Online. Because like everybody in Champions Online wants to create their own like justice league or whatever. But in Star Trek, I have a feeling people will be sticking more to you know one two characters.
2: Well, there's only three classes to play as. Right. I mean, I could see you
1: trying like Federation or Klingon or something like that. So then like you have that. four. Yeah, but
2: it's just like what do you do?
1: I don't know. I I don't see you needing all those slots, so that's...
2: And playing as a board, it's just a different stat boost. It's not... It's It's like you could call it, play. you can play as a different race, but I feel like in traditional fantasy MMOs, playing as different races is a lot bigger of a deal, because yeah. not only do you look differently, you have a whole set of quests that are related to that, you have a whole environment that's related to your race... You have hometown, you have a continent, possibly additional villages. Whereas in Star Trek, you're in a ship with randomly selected or, well, strategically selected crew members of however you like. You can even make your own race. Yeah, totally. So the board incentive isn't that great. Granted, that's why I pre-ordered with Amazon, so I could have a board crew member. Oh, But didn't really want to be it. I, I, and I would like to play as a Borg if it actually meant something, but I, so far I don't see that as actually meaning a lot right. in this game.
1: Well,
4: that helps me out. I was really kind of regretting it, but I am realizing that we don't get any kind of different tutorial zone. Like, if you had to go through um, and have a liberation kind of like with the, one um, of those guys, the Death Knights in yeah, WoW, and I have to go through, man, if you had to go through a Borg liberation, that would be some fun stuff. But there's no real added content.
1: I think that would be that would be too much content to just just to limit to the lifetime subscription. You know, that'd be a big investment. It'd be really cool.
2: And granted, this being cryptic, I anticipate that Plane as a Borg will be available through a store interface sometime oh, in six months. Yeah.
4: Now though, no, that's that's the thing. Um, and by DLC. With- with Champion, which Champion's online, all of the lifetime subscription stuff, they've promised that that will never be on the C-Store, okay? That they they made sure that all the retro gear that people really kind of want now because it's some of the best-looking stuff um, that you can get, you, you can pretty much make your own little rocketeer guy. None of that stuff is ever going to be on C-Store. So that's the thing that worries me about Borg as a playable race, if they follow that same philosophy with, with Star Trek. That is never going to be on there. Or what I'm thinking, if they're going to do right now, there's a pre-order bonus for one of the, um, I think I think it might be Best Buy or something that you can get a trill, um, or it's some kind of uh, bonded race. You know, they they were on the Deep Space Nine. They had the funny freckles on the side of their head, yep. and they have like a parasite living in them. Yep. Um, you get special bonuses with that. I'd, I'd bet, I'd go to say, if, if they're going to put it on C-Store, what they're going to do is give you a, a Borg that has all of the stat bonuses stripped from it.
1: Wow. Okay. Gimped Borg.
4: Because you can be that race right now, but the pre-order version of that race gives you a special um, bonus that you can only pick from that.
1: Huh. Makes makes Noah think he might want to sell a $300 Hell or no. 239 <laughs>
4: Not or you could just, you could just sub up with Champions Online and make a flying Picard.
1: There you go. <laughs> you just achieve a flying Picard.
3: That's not an
2: a appealing compromise it's either. Well, <laughs> thank you for suggesting
1: it. In other exciting news and MMOs, um, in the city of Harrow's realm, if anyone's still playing that game, um, looks like War Witch has taken over. <laughs> so Warwitch. There's a post by E Impulse on the um, on the announcements forum for City of Heroes. And there's been a lot of a lot of things have happened during the Christmas break or post Christmas break. And it looks like Matt Pazichan Miller is handed over day to day management of the design team to Melissa Warwitch Bianco and he's going to focus on, quote-unquote, critically important in-game system, in addition to a few other top-secret initiatives, which probably means new and exciting ways to monetize City of Heroes.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, with, you know, weddings and shit. Um, but, uh, it, yeah, so she's going to take over the, uh, the the wheel there, the tiller, if you will. And, um, I don't know, it's just interesting to see that happen, I wonder... I wonder if there's some other projects over at the, uh, Paragon Studios team that, uh, I don't know, maybe they'll come out with a Champions Killer now, now that they've been killed by Champions and soon DC Universe. Well,
2: know? they believe that that going rope thing is gonna,
1: yeah. is their answer to that. I, I don't see it. I don't know about you guys. I mean, honestly, I just don't see it doing, doing well, well, I can't,
4: I can't go back the combat system, I don't think, after doing Champions, because oh, Champions is a lot more fast-paced. I loved City of Heroes, and I love City of Villains, and Going Rogue, I don't know if you guys have seen the... Um, they had, like, a con. Um, you know, it's like just a City of Heroes con, yeah. and they um, they showed videos of Going Rogue, and, I mean, I respect what they're doing. I mean, they're not just sitting around letting, letting things, you know... They're not, like, adding the ability to you know go from villain to hero and that's about it they're revamping the the engine and adding a, a lot of things that you always wished were on there like i mean simple things like ref- reflections of the buildings so they're not just like flat kind of just like um, textures right. um, they're adding on all new effects for everything right so and they're adding on a bunch of uh, flying effects it it looks it looks pretty you can definitely tell that it's it's just a, a pretty wrapper on the original engine. Like everything st- does, still look kind of stiff and everything like that. Right. But I mean, this is they're they're at least prettying it up. And if I was still playing City of Heroes, I'd really appreciate all the work they're doing.
1: Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, it would be it would be appreciated. It just I don't know. It's just kind of a hard thing to do to 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 contemplate because of that expansion going back to that game if you're already playing Champions Online or if DC Universe comes out it's going to be tough the other thing too is the the you know the Cryptic engine that they use for City of Heroes and for Champions Online and for Star Trek Online it's it's evolved so much on the Cryptic side and yet there's this like kind of old legacy version that City of Heroes is still using even if they dress it up it seems like it's like a one point something whereas Champions Online and Star Trek are using like a 2.0 or something you know what I mean version
4: yeah and uh, and about the 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 you know the cash shop and everything I know COH they definitely they definitely wrestled some feathers when they had that like tuxedo back yeah. and everything but one thing that I think that Cryptic right now can take from it in trying to get like a more um I guess positive look at their their C store is that uh, whenever they would make any kind, with COH, whenever they would do that kind of thing, they were very transparent in telling you where that money was going. So I know exactly that the tuxedo money went directly to um, development of the city of villains' special arc powers, and they were they were very careful in telling you that. So you you know you actually knew where your money was going with with the C-store stuff, I don't think people feel as comfortable on Champions because it just seems like they're just getting some more money out of them. They don't know where any of
2: this stuff is going.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a really good and interesting point.
2: So you're saying that selling the tuxedo was the equivalent for their way of doing a bake sale?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, you know, they were they were really sincere about it when they said, "Okay, so we've created this event. These people are going to get married. It was an in-game event where a Manticore and some other lady got married, and if you were lucky, you could get in and see it. But you could also buy this tuxedo-like suit, and it gave you a wedding dress also. But they were very, very much um, transparent about this is going exactly to the City of Villains stuff that we've wanted to give you for a long time. So, I mean, I bought it. And it was specifically because they said... This is where it's going, and they got it out in just a just a few months. They they had that out, and and oh, anyways, whatever. That you make me you make
1: me go and cry. I miss it.
2: <laughs> We're in your wedding dress. Yep. Agent Conan.
1: Age Conan has a new update coming out.
2: As it shrinks in servers, it still grows in it content. Grows in
1: content and usability. So they're adding a new outdoor. PVP experience called the shrines of Bori. Um,
2: Capturable objectives
1: yeah
2: sounds kind of
1: kind of like a kind of a control point kind of thing. Um, one of the interesting things is you can you can capture the shrine or you can just freaking destroy the shrine. I love that that's an option. If you want to be a, a true barbarian and just lay waste you can do that as well sounds like a pretty interesting um, PvP experience. Um, they, they wrap it up in a whole bunch of interesting lore. You know, it's a Border Kingdom playfield chosen for this feature. Because unlike other playfields, only one instance of Border Kingdom will ever exist at a time. And um, they're talking about four shrines to the god of Warbori have been placed around Branok Village. And the shrines consist of the following elements, a banner, an altar, a merchant who sells useful stuff, and um, I don't know. It looks like you can play capture the shrine,
2: which is cool. It's a it's scenario it's a style so, type gameplay. Yeah, like and Conan. I love
1: I love scenario style PVP objectives as opposed to just me too kill kill everybody, which is kind of the last PVP I did in Age of Conan was free for all. and I just I don't find that to be that interesting because I. I've done that in so many FPS games in the past. It's like just not. You're over it. Does not get me. Doesn't tell my boat.
4: It's gonna make. And I I worry about I worry about um, how this is gonna be implemented because any any kind of PVP that I've ever played in in Age of Conan always seems it seems like you have to run through a or hop through a bunch of hoops and it's really kind of hard to get started. And I don't know how this is going to work out. It, I know they, they mention a lot of guild activities, and uh, I just I don't want to have to join like a really hardcore raiding guild just to try and get some of this action going.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how well it's uh, it's uh, accepted by the player community. I bet if it is if it's a big hit, we'll see a whole lot more. Should be cool. Because I, I certainly like that kind of PvP experience, where it's kind of a guided experience versus a go out there and kill stuff. So Noah, are you gonna start playing some Second Life?
2: <laughs> no, but they're 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 growing. <laughs> Still, they they 65% continue to grow. Sixty-five percent
1: they grew, which I don't think anyone in the world believes.
2: What are they basing that off of? The dollars and the economy? Linden Linden, ba- Linden dollar transactions between users. So that's up 60% according to them?
1: Yes, 65%. Uh, it means absolutely nothing. It's like, it kind of... looks like, to me, they looked at all the statistics available, like users playing, time played by users, um, you know... Ignored ignored some of the realities of the situation, like IBM and other companies who had invested in this, this this virtual world as a virtual meeting place are totally like moving on beyond it. And instead, they went with the one statistic that made it look good, and they they embraced it and they built their entire case on it. Said yeah. that we have grown by 65 percent this year over the over the last year, and nobody seems to believe them. Um, there's numerous blogs that are blogs and websites doing analysis of the numbers and the, the, the claims, and pretty much everybody says, "Yeah, that's just a statistical aberration that they're using to to claim that they're successful, but they're a- it's actually a dying world." I don't know. I I guess if I wanted to, you know, ride around on a giant winged penis and rain fire <laughs> shit down from the skies. <laughs> Oh, and poke a of bikini bottoms. As maybe. a furry. As a furry. I would, of course, be a furry. Yes. Uh, then this is probably where I would live.
4: But, yeah, sounds good. I like winged yeah. finis.
1: Yeah. Yeah, don't you know? I don't know. <laughs> just, it just seems kind of...
2: Well, they say that people are gambling, and that's a big reason for the big monetary exchanges going on. Right. But in reality, there is apparently has been about a 7% growth which is good, and that's a realistic number, and it's surprising considering that everybody considered or thought of Second Life as extinct or... Failing, or... or quickly declining, quickly jumped to yeah. the shark. Apparently it's still hanging on clon out there because there's an MMO for everybody, as Final Fantasy XI showed us.
1: Oh, God, yeah. That proves a point right there.
2: And Eve. That's another yep. Yep. respectable MMO that has... Uh, a very dedicated loyal fan base that grows in small factions but it's still there so shall it be with Second Life
4: (laughs) yeah I think it's I think it's funny that the the blog entry that we're looking at here on Second Tense is it's, it's pretty much just saying you're a fool if you're gonna say that it's gonna grow by 65% but you're pretty dumb too if if you're gonna say it's completely dead um it's it's pretty much growing steadily by little by little and that's that's pretty okay. I don't I don't quite get it, right? I'm not going to ever understand the appeal of it, but I'm glad that these people actually have a community to go to.
2: Oh, absolutely. Now that we've covered almost every MMO out there, we're ready to go into general gaming.
1: Gaming news. We have a few stories to bring you, our dear listeners. Dear, dear, dear listeners. Um, it appears that strange things are amiss at the Circle K in uh, Redmond, or wherever.
2: Where, where the hell? Where is Microsoft located? Redmond.
1: Yeah. Strange things are amiss there. Um, from Bruce on Games blog. He uh, he starts the blog out with the greatest possible reference to ivory tower thinking ever which is the magic gathering ivory tower card <laughs> <laughs> which uh which is really cool i haven't seen a mtg card in a long time except every other day when i go to Seven <laughs> Eleven. anyway um it looks like the uh microsoft's xbox group product manager aaron greenberg when he was at ces um said a few things about 3D, because 3D was a big subject at the time. The things he said disturbed this blogger, and frankly are kind of disturbing to me. Here's the quote from Aaron Greenberg. We're unsure what level of interest there is for consumers to really want a 3D experience in the living room. Many, many years from now, in the future, (laughs) I added that myself, when it becomes a reality, we absolutely can't support it. (laughs) Okay? And... There's a lot of challenges about 3D in the living room. I don't know about you, but when I play a game or watch TV, I've got my phone. I've got all kinds of things going on, and I get up and I get down. I'm looking outside at the weather, and it's I'm not in a dark theater wearing glasses staring at a screen. I think it's just a different environment. Well, in contrast, Howard Stringer of Sony said the following, We intend to take the lead in 3D. We're the only company fully immersed in every part of the 3D value chain. And it seems like at, at CES everybody else and their, their mom was jumping in on the three D bandwagon getting ready to push it, coupled with the success of Avatar and 3D and how it's kind of excited everyone. It just seems like maybe the Xbox group is kinda, you know, pitching the old ox to the wagon and pulling it along while everybody else is, you know, thinking about taking the, the medium into a, a whole new direction. Um So that's one of the two things that disturbed him. The second pronouncement that worried him came from David Hufford, Senior Director of Xbox Product Management, who was also at CES. And he told The Guardian, there is no need to launch a new console because we're able to give this console new life, either with software upgrades or hardware upgrades like Project Natal. The Xbox 360 was designed for long life, and I don't even know if we're at the midpoint yet. Um... Bruce the blogger had problems with that in that it's a total denial of uh, Moore's Law, which seems to apply to every other possible platform from cell phones to handheld games to consoles to most most prominently PCs. And so to think that the Xbox 360 console will last... um, You know, for the next ten years or some something like that, as opposed to the history of all other consoles, which seems to be a three to four year kind of run that they have. um, It seems like they're kind of smoking crack. And I don't Mm -hmm. know about you guys, but these both these points kind of resonated with me. Um, I don't understand why how you can be saying that 3D is like not important when Project Natal is basically mapping a 3D environment to movement that it's reflecting in the game. You know, it's like a it's like a 3D peripheral being, you know, displayed in a 2D environment. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and then to think that the Xbox 360 is going to have this extended lifetime, I, I find that to be fairly obvious.
2: Well, I think that the companies aren't in a position to launch another loss-generating console so soon because Sony and Microsoft are still in one way or another, through failures or through overpriced designs losing money on their machines. They don't have a war chest built up. They haven't turned that cost curve around to build up money to release the next console. Definitely they're working on the next consoles, but also I think there's still a lot of great games coming out. I'm not sure that we can go uh, only more than a couple years, but I also don't think that the next generation of consoles is going to be all about 3D, because I kind of agree <laughs> with the executive being quoted that the glasses are cumbersome, and they're expensive. The technology being used for the at-home stuff is not the same as what you t- you, know, you pay $3 extra for at the movie theaters, which right. is just polarized lenses. At home, it's shuttered, battery-powered glasses that right. can run out of energy, that flip back and forth between the two lenses. We don't know if you're going to get a headache for more in that because it's not the same technology as the stuff used in the movie theaters. And that's what some executives are saying. Like, we've passed the litmus test. If you can watch a three-hour Avatar movie in 3D at a movie theater, you're ready for 3D at home. You're totally going to be fine with wearing glasses. Well, it's a different technology. It could have a different effect on people's comfort. And not to mention, sure. if it, at 75 bucks a pop, and it could easily be broken or lost or stepped on or something or the batteries go dead and then you can't play because you have to charge it up, and if you're going to charge it up by tethering to something, then you have to be wired up to something, it's going to be a big pain in the ass. I don't think the 3D is going to be able to take off uh, from a home television or a video game perspective until it doesn't require peripheral.
1: I kind of wish the glasses weren't shutter glasses. I wish they were, like, fully... You know, and I wish it was just glasses and there's it was fully opaque so you saw... Exactly, everything in 3D, and you couldn't see beyond them, and have to use a monitor. You mean
2: like a virtual reality headset? Yeah,
1: I wish they were like that. I don't like the whole shutter glasses thing, personally. I would like, I mean, I would like to say go all the way, you know, and do that instead of this like half-assed kind of thing that seems to either go that route or then you require a special TV or monitor, which I know they're working on those too, but. You know, where you still have to wear the glasses, but it's more like the movie theater technology.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, that sucks, too, like, to have to totally upgrade your... You know, everybody's so happy that they finally got 1080p, and now it's like, well, now you need 1080p with 3D.
2: Yeah, that's a joke.
1: Go read Yeah, and
4: they they definitely... They, they are getting all hyped up and everything, and they're saying that 3D is the future, and it could very well be, but they're not mentioning what you just said, Mark, which is that... It could be, it doesn't have to be the shuttered glasses. It could be something else, and it could be years from now. I mean, it's one of those things with, like, DLP and stuff like that, which was is a great way of getting high def, but when LCD became affordable, it, it became this big, huge encumbrance to have that big, butted television In your, you know, in your living room. So it very well could be the dinosaur of the technology.
1: Well, well, yeah, I mean, I I have the first two steps of the the technology of that. I have the DLP TV, which was, you know, fairly expensive in its time. And it was made obsolete by the LCD, which I have one of those TVs. And now that's made obsolete by the LED TVs. Mm hmm and these things are coming now in generations that are like, you know, less than five years apart,
2: right? It's totally unportable. So
1: for the consumer it's like you get in at one point you're kind of hurting to to jump, you know and we're kind of digressing from the point of the article which is like, you know is Microsoft on crack or not but (laughs) but, you know, as far as consumers go, it seems like you get screwed with this stuff every time
2: and if they're downgrading the Natal in order to make it really cheap to jump into that which is the rumors that a processor was taken out of Natal which puts more horsepower requirements requires more of one of the cores of the 360 to handle all the processing but that could be good or bad but if Natal comes out and it's really affordable, if it's 50 bucks, 75 bucks I can see that as being something potentially exciting and all the developers are really excited about developing for it And it's probably going to be crude. We may not see the real version of that until another console generation, but I think it's pretty exciting. And it's enough to extend things out for another few years, given that we're already getting really terrific, high-quality games continuously on the existing consoles, at the stands.
1: No matter what, it's more exciting than the Nintendo Heartbeat Monitor.
2: Yeah. That's going to be so funny when Natal and the PlayStation 3's arc, or whatever they're going to call it, launches, and then you've got the (coughs) fatality sensor. Yeah. Are you alive?
1: I am still alive. Also, you could have known by my clicks per second on the controller.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What's our next story?
1: Uh, I think it's one of yours.
2: Is it? Is it about brains?
1: It's about your giant left frontal (laughs) lobe.
2: So speaking of health measurements and brain (laughs) activity. A study was conducted recently to find out if people are genetically or biologically predisposed to be better players of video games based on the size of certain structures in brains. And it turns out in this test, which I think was kind of imbalanced to begin with for a number of reasons, but according to this test, there are two areas of the brains uh, of the brain that, if overdeveloped as they call it, will make you better at certain aspects of video game playing. The nucleus accumbens, which is a little lump deep in the core middle of your brain, makes you good at uh, starting up a new game and learning it quickly and doing good in the training stages. Whereas the Putaman, probably totally mispronouncing this. (laughs) It's another another lump in the middle of your brain. That's good for doing latter uh, detailed areas, uh, detailed goal objectives of the game. Now the reason why I think that this game was kind of, this study was kind of imbalanced is that there were 39 subjects. Only 10 of them were male, 29 of them were female, which I suppose if you're trying to get a group of people that aren't very familiar with video games but have unique brain structures, maybe it's right to skew it towards one gender or another, but I think that's kind of weird. And plus the video game that they were playing looks like something straight out of 1982. It's a very simple line graphic video game where you have a little spaceship flying around in a hexagon and shooting up things and defending something in the core. And ultimately, the the jury's still out on whether this is valid because people are, other scientists are challenging this, saying, well, yeah, this may be true or it may not be. I think it would be kind of cool to find out if you could be genetically predisposed to being, be, being a better gamer. I wouldn't be surprised. We're genetically predisposed to being faster runners or better at athletics and all sorts of other yeah. things, cognitive skills, muscle. Uh, I'm. It's, it's getting late. I'm t- having a hard time stringing my vocabulary together.
1: Yeah. Your, your brain regions. Brain and physical
2: activity. Yeah. <laughs> that thing, <laughs> requiring coordination. <laughs> right. That is, you can be genetically predisposed to that as well.
1: Yeah, it, it's an interesting concept to think that, you know. It sounds like, too, you can, through your activities, cause those structures to change as well, though, which I've heard the same kind of thing in another article. Um,
2: through from, repetition or exercise of some sort? Yeah.
1: There's, like, you know, there's gray matter in your brain and white matter. And white matter is, like, what's responsible for coordination of different regions of your brain. And so, like, in they, they did this study. You can actually see this with some kind of a scan, Right. They did a study and on on these kids that were having trouble reading. They had different uh, different proportions of white matter spread out throughout their brains than the kids who were doing well at reading. And reading is involves a whole bunch of coordination of different um, regions of your brain. It, as you can imagine, you know, you're like imagining things while you're reading. You're starting to see it in your mind's eye, so to speak. But you're also doing the mechanical function of actually reading and processing language and all this stuff. So it's like one of the biggest things that requires coordination of the brain well so that that was the thing they they found but what they didn't expect was when they put the kids that were having trouble reading through these like um educational courses to catch them up like you would do like a sylvan learning kind of thing or something that structure in their brain changed and they actually started to gain white matter to be on the exact same level as the kids that had it naturally Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, so you could actually, you're actually affecting the structure of your brain through activity. Mm. And I kind of was gathering through this article that something similar could happen.
2: So perhaps you could have overdevelopment of portions of your brain through excessive play of video games.
1: Right, exactly.
2: (laughs) Hence your accusation mark.
1: Yes, that that Noah has a giant left frontal lobe, (laughs) which causes his head to be... It keeps it's difficult right now as as his concentration is lapsing, he's starting to kind of list to the left because of the weight of his head is not (laughs) (laughs) not (laughs) (laughs) that's okay
2: (laughs) thank you Mark for that scientific observation you're welcome, that's (laughs) what science is all about (laughs) observation and you are a scientist
1: (laughs) mad scientist
2: (laughs) Last, but not least, is a collection of games that Eric's going to walk us through.
4: Okay, so this is on Develop, and this is by a guy named Nicholas Lavelle. He went through ten games that pretty much eventually killed their creators, by closing down the shop on them. Um, There are some obvious, well, pretty much every one of these kind of makes sense if if you were following it when they came out, um... First one is Malice. This one was a Xbox game that uh, originally came out, I think, during the launch of it, and um, it was, you know, was supposed to be voiced by Gwen Stefani. It's going to be a great kind of like platformer, exploration-based platformer with elements of, I think, Legend of Zelda, and and you know, um, just pretty much a collect them all kind of platformer. And it got pushed back, came out later. Uh, pretty much with a different publisher, you can see that they, they kind of half finished the game and just tried to recoup some of their losses on it. And it, it got terrible reviews, so it just kind of disappeared sadly. And then you got Hellgate London, right? Which is coming back, so I mean, it couldn't
1: be all bad, right? Except that the company's dead. It's not dead, it's
2: just taking a small nap. Bill Roper went to Champions Online. Yeah, he's a career visionary over there. I, I like him.
1: <laughs> right on,
4: sub yeah. Sub. Well, yeah. So Hellgate London <laughs> killed Flagship Studios. Um, we all. Well, I don't know, but I, I kind of live that because I bought the collector's edition. I was all kinds of crazy about it, and then just to see all of the videos about their development and and realizing that they didn't know what they were doing, and it just slowly it died.
2: Real- they tried to do too many things in one game.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were way too ambitious. I mean, like, uh, the list of things that they have on here is pretty interesting. That they, they tried to get Vista working on it with DirectX 10, which that did not work almost the entire time that I played it. You know, they had this weird single-player, multiplayer box set thing. Different features for both would be unlocked, you know, at different times. You had all of this, la- like, uh, seven languages, they say, across... Europe, the U.S., and Southeast Asia, and they were trying to create like a fully featured online hub almost. And it it just died. Goodbye. Um, Another one, this is interesting because I did hear about this one. I never got to try it, but it's one of those alternate reality games uh, called Majestic. And it had just a ton of conspiracy theory things. You got to visit fake websites and you would get called on the phone. You would get threatening Threatening emails and phone calls and everything like that. And, um, well, the big killer of this one was 9 11. It kind of, uh, <laughs> they kind of said, no, nobody needs those kind of threatening phone calls after all of this stuff. So, I, uh, I mean, it's, uh, you know, or args are yeah. pretty darn interesting. What do you guys think?
2: I, I, think it's pretty cool. And I think we're actually seeing kind of a resurgence of that. Just to, to cite a recent example, you and your, GPS zombie game is an interesting combination of real-world environments and life with something that's provided by a computer game. And I thought Majestic seemed so cool because that was when X-Files was still near its yeah. peak of popularity, and that's really, really what it was playing off of, was everybody being into conspiracy theories. Now, granted, it was post-millennium, so that stuff was rapidly cooling down, and the terrorist stuff... Definitely did not help because there's all this conspiracy theory that's throughout the game. And like you said, but then the funny thing is, is apparently 800,000 people registered for the game, but only 70,000, 71,000 completed it. And then only 15,000 actually paid for the game, which was it was a, a subscription based game when MMOs and subscription based gaming was still very niche and very uncomfortable for folks. And to pay 10 bucks a month. To get spammed, yeah. <laughs> as, as creative as it may be, didn't end up being a lot of very appealing, unfortunately. So I think that's why these smaller executions in modern days, of like your zombie GPS game or even other stuff like Foursquare, Walla where you just check into real world bars and you can buy them through right. your phone and stuff. That's probably a more realistic and less ambitious project to take on that'll be more successful. Gotcha.
4: And the next one is uh, Tomb Raider, Angel of Darkness, killed Core Design. I mean, you know, Tomb Raider was pretty good when it first came out, and it's one of those franchises that really had a hard time updating itself. I mean, the idea around it was just having the full-on sex appeal of Lara Croft. That allowed you to get past the terrible, terrible controls <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the kind of weird Indiana Jones story that... That was kind of interesting. I think Angel of Darkness was supposed to be either where she died or she was um, uh, she was supposedly dead and coming back. You know, it was supposed
2: to be the rebirth of her, and it really. Well, she the re- sidekick too, which is really strange—a male sidekick with like a boomerang. He was telepathic and had a boomerang blade thing that well, he attacked. Well, of course, was it.
1: perfectly rational. <laughs> and it was it's just,
2: so just like a good storytelling. Then you had to play as him, and he wasn't that good of a character. It, it was like a. A really, Because they were so sick of making the same game over and over and over, and they tried to reinvent it, and they got burned for that as well because yeah. they didn't do a good job reinventing it either. Yeah. Yeah. All
1: right.
4: And then, of course, the ever-famous Dai Katana, John Romero's that- baby. Um, it's, it's very much... It, it kind of came out to be the hubris of John Romero, almost hyped this thing out to Limitless Proportions. Uh, you know they had they had an ad it was a blood red poster with the words John Romero's about to make you his bitch
1: I totally remember that (laughs) Uh,
4: I um it looks like it you know was supposed to release Christmas 1997 but it ended up coming out pretty much
2: you know unfinished and crappy in 2000
1: yeah three years late
2: because they had to scrap everything to try to match up with its software's newer Quake 2 engine, because the engine they developed on had really great graphics, and like, yeah. oh shoot! And then when they tried to redo it, they lost the steam in the direction of the focus. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And that moves us down to uh, Tabula Rasa. You know, of course, NCSoft dropped that. It didn't really kill NCSoft, but it, it killed the legend of Richard Garriott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, it's. I think it's the idea, the the same problem that Daikatana has, and then I'll skip down to the same idea that the last one has, Duke Nukem Forever. They just kept trying to... They're taking so long to finish this game that they, they, they scrap the ideas and then try to redo it and then try to keep up with the technology instead of just getting an idea down. Originally, Tabula Rasa was this crazy, um, I don't know, almost like... Um, metaphysical like, fantasy game
2: it was like fantasy stars but I felt like it was like a fantasy circle
4: yeah it had a lot of philosophy and a lot of Asian philosophy of reincarnation and you didn't you weren't really a clone but you were a personification of yourself uh, and, and an idea that was able to you know move anywhere you wanted to it was really instant it, it was really mm-hmm. instance based and was supposed to be um, I don't know I, I like the game it's it's the same issue that some other games have t- that they, they come out with the, the idea of mystery. You know, there's going to be a mystery you have to solve. And you get yeah. into it, and they're pretty much writing you a check and saying that you can cash it later if you invest with us. Uh, and finding out that mystery only works if they can actually keep the MMO alive, and they weren't able to.
1: it's yeah, too bad, too.
4: Okay, so we got Hayes... Uh, Free Radical, of course. Um, a lot of the people who worked on this worked on GoldenEye, Perfect Dark. Uh, I don't know if you guys played the Time Splitter series um, or another game that they made, Second Sight, but they're pretty fun. All of those either are classics or just playing fun first-person shooters. So when when Haze came out, you thought it was going to be you know new, fantastic, and then it had this really weird story. And it was a generic generic shooter. I think it came out around the time that uh, that other things just steamrolled it. I can't remember what came out, but it's sh- it was just pretty pretty
2: much forgettable.
1: I remember playing Time Splitters with Noah.
2: hmm It was good for multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, and Hayes was played with a really bad politically incorrect storyline. It was just tacky and uh, unlike Time Splitters just didn't have the charm and personality and quirkiness. And it was all about drug-enhanced soldiers and yeah. racism and stuff like that. And it's just not cool. Yeah.
4: And the next one is is Dragon Empires, which I've never heard of, but I guess it it hurt Codemasters pretty bad. Um, but I mean, just by reading what it was supposed to be, you can kind of see, especially in 2001, that they were biting off something way bigger than they could handle, which is player versus player clan action across a hundred lands spread over five empires. I don't think they could do that today. I, I mean, what? So that, yeah, that's gonna disappear. Enter the Matrix. You know, Atari. You know, Atari doesn't doesn't really make games; they just publish them now. And this was definitely one of their swan song, terrible doodad things. It's it was you know, Matrix overall kind of tried to. Work into too many medias, and this was this was one half-ass attempt that just did not work. And then, last but not least, like I mentioned before, Duke Nukem Forever.
1: Yeah, <sighs> that sad story there. Yeah. Apparently, I forget the name of the the main guy behind it, but he was so he was so like. Obsessed with equaling the success of Duke Nukem 3D, that they went through like numerous game engines, and numerous you know art styles, numerous you know takes on the game, and he just couldn't let it go. And you know he just it's
2: too obsessed with perfection. And his partner,
1: so it was like a guy who was the creative guy, and then his partner, his partner went went in with him on this thing the whole time. They actually invested, like, $20 million of their own money that mostly came from the success of Duke Nukem 3D, you know, and and the early 3D realm stuff. And they just recently, I mean, really, it's fairly recent, they finally gave it up. And I I have, like, this picture somewhere of them, like, they had, like, this marble floor with the Duke Nukem logo and everything, the nuclear symbol thing. It's, like, the the last of the, the survivors... People who have basically dedicated 10 years of their life to this one project, if you think about that from a developer point of view. And all these different technologies, you know, from, like, the, the Quake 2 engine through the Quake 3 engine to the Prey engine to the, you know, and, and the Unreal engine and everything. And then it's, like, in May of 2009, they finally laid off the, the staff and just gave up on it. It's just a sad, sad thing. It's kind of cool it's the last one on the list because it's the biggest... Heartbreaker, I think of them all.
4: Yeah, it's um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if Duke Nukem really had a place in two thousand, like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, when it was it was trying to come out, or when we were hoping it was going to come out. I, I think that's the saddest bit of all is that like, think back of what Duke Nukem was, you know? He's an eighties. Yeah, and and can we really go back and enjoy that anymore? I mean, I, to relate with even the most badass character now, like in Gears of War or something like that, there are still small little pieces of his story that makes him vulnerable. Duke Nukem is this 80s badass who just bangs chicks and shoots pigs.
1: Yeah, hangs at the strip clubs and cusses. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really a shame, because Duke Nukem 3D was the first... Um, you know, first person shooter game that I really just fell in love with and like knew all the levels backward and forward and played deathmatch hours and hours and hours of deathmatch with that game. You know, and every time I play it on like a different platform that, that emulates it, it always, you know, like I have it for the 360 I think or something and it's like, it's just crazy the memories it brings back, you know. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted that game to happen. I just wanted it to happen within three years of Duke Nukem 3D, not, you know, 10 years later when the, when it's a cultural mismatch completely. Yeah. yeah. It's like bringing a caveman forward in time and expecting him to do well, you know?
2: hmm
1: So, yeah, it's a sad... Well, I'm glad we ended the podcast. Um, this is our final story. I'm glad to end it on such a positive note. Yeah, we like... Yeah.
2: Pretty regular. Wow.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, yeah, that is a wrap on all of our stories in this very long, very epic episode. We hope you liked it and please give us your feedback, your emails to mail at channelmassive.com or leave us some comments over in the blog. Or tweet us at twitter.com slash channelmassive. Yep. We hope you liked the show. We look forward to hearing from you and we will be back next week. Episode 122 right.
1: Special thanks to Eric for joining us.
2: Yes, definitely. Thank you for being here, staying up so late with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. I hey, hey, guess, what, guess what
4: I get to say. It's late, but I'm going to say it anyways.
2: M-A-I-L.
1: Oh, oh, oh. Right on.
2: <laughs> yeah. Good I, I paused briefly for it. Nobody said it, so I just continued. I didn't think I was allowed to, but I just did it.
1: What time is it there? Like, Sunday? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah
4: it's, uh, it's 1:22 a.m. The party's just getting started, my friend.
1: Right on. Wow. Well, thanks. Thanks again, Eric. No problem. Yeah. No problem at all.
2: Thank you, listeners, for downloading the show. We'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure, but you sound louder and potentially a little bit staticier. I'm not sure if that was just switching. Say some more stuff.
4: Apple juice, 10-ton hammer, figure out
2: anal beads. (laughs) What was a good word to throw in a piece?
3: Thank you for downloading Channel Massive episode 121. My name is Petrov and I am joined with an international super collective of co-hosts in the wake of Change to Show as of episode 121. Thank you very much. Yeah, how's it going? <laughs> I have, I cannot re- pronounce your name in Germany. What's your name? Astercock.
1: (laughs) Maybe we better start over. (laughs) That blew my
2: mind. That was perfect. (laughs) Astercock.
1: And I lost my Indian accent.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Something totally different. (laughs) Not that my accent was... (laughs) No, yours was fine
1: in
0: the slow, plotting like, (laughs) thing. That worked. It worked really well, you know, but... Sometimes I forget my own name and just make up one. It's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> he's keeping it. He's like the giddy <laughs> German. I got hey, th- I don't come out of character until the DVD extras. <laughs> huh? No, they God, I've lost... You're I, Indian. I'm,
1: I know, You're an know, i influenced by your, 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 your <laughs> accents. I fucking
0: like
2: that. you No.
0: Hey, hey, hey. If you want me to <laughs> fuck with you, you just tell me. I get a plane ticket. Please be hunting the papers that are in front of you to the
1: person behind you. I am Rush. I am coming from Hyderabad, India. Are you ready? Currently, with my right hand, I am recording this podcast. With my left hand, I am taking <laughs> help to because tickets for IBM, which has been outsourced recently, to my studio apartment. <laughs> okay, I think I got it.
0: <laughs> I, I, hear, I hear that uh, in your country, the, uh, the bull is very sacred. Would you like to rush me? <laughs> there's a bit uh, of a little horny horny laugh that I hear from you I think whereas the beef is what I'm saying you know <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're never gonna start no, this shit no, but we're having fun. But you should save that and save put that, it as an ch- channel outtake. Channel that shit, Eric. That's beautiful. Well, yeah, I'm, as an
1: outtake. You
0: know, I forgot. I forgot that when I worked at the Best Buy, it's in America, long ago. I would actually talk like this a lot of the time during the peoples. <laughs> to the people. And they would say, they would say things like, "You're so gay," and I would go, "Only for you, baby." <laughs> in the German next. Oh dear. Kay.